Well, hello there, you old friend of mine. I miss you so much. I, I, honestly, the feeling that I have here is like, um, you know, owing to my... Well, first of all, welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Showing Up to Your Life podcast and YouTube channel. You see, I'm so out of practice, I didn't even do my regular introduction here. But, um, but I hope you're as happy to hear my voice today as I am to speak to you today because I miss you. And uh, as I was just about to say, um, you know, in in my life, you know, due to a lot of issues that are involved with trauma and stuff like that, which I'm now putting together and understanding a little bit better, um, I've had a lot of, you know, sort of um, impermanent friends, you know, transient friends, if you will, you know, even close friends for, for a number of years, I've lost touch with people. And that's just something that's been a sort of pattern in my life. And so there's a very familiar feeling that I have that it's like, you know, once you get to a certain point, it's like, ugh, it's like uncomfortable. It's almost embarrassing to try to reach out to this person who I haven't talked to in so long. And so I was starting to even get that feeling here with this podcast, which is really interesting. And uh, it's interesting because I'm not going to allow it to continue to slip away, right? Um, you know, so I, I overcame the, the uh, sense of, you know, almost embarrassment, awkwardness of like, oh gosh, how do I just show up and do a podcast today after I've just, you know, pretty much abandoned my audience for the last few weeks here. And I mean, I know that many of you forgive me. I've, I've received your messages. I've seen your comments on the videos and stuff. And so, um, so, so I feel secure and, and sort of safe that, uh, you know, that you're forgiving me and that it's okay. Right. But at the same time, you know, it's it's a, a difficult feeling, right? It's it's a difficult thing for me to kind of go through, and so, <clears throat> so so I was actually thinking about it this morning, and I I think part of what's you know really struggling here, right? I'm I'm caught in a little tension here, and 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 I'm bringing you into the process because I think it's like why not do the podcast about this, right? About the tension, about the change, about the shift that's happening, right? Because that's what's going on here, right? I'm feeling a tension between, you know, something feeling like it's changing, right? Which is completely natural and completely in in flow of the universe right because everything's always changing right and so so i'm caught in this tension of of not resisting the change but at the same time also having a um a, a level of you know obligation to you as the listener, as the viewer here, as the person who has been with me for 600 and some odd episodes now, even more than that, because as I told you before, I didn't even count the first 100 or so or 50 or so, right? So it could be it could be almost 800 episodes now that, that you all have been with me. I mean, some of you have come and gone, of course, but but I'm sure there's some people who've been here the whole time. And, and so so I feel like, you know, yes, I feel things wanting to change, and I want to allow for that change. I want to allow for that evolution. But at the same time, I don't want to leave you hanging, right? I want to continue to support you and continue to deliver the 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 uh, the content that will help you to to you know to show up to your life, right? That's what this is all about, right? And so so as I try to you know sort of reconcile this and resolve this, 
right? You know, maybe it's a once a week thing. Maybe it's a couple times a week. You know, I don't know. Again, it's, it's, it's a struggle trying to find what this is going to become, you know, but, but I promise you, I wanted to tell you right here that I promise you I'm not turning away from you. Okay. And, and in the description of today's video, I'm actually going to drop the links, uh, where you can find my, you know, shorter videos. Right. And, and I haven't been doing those these last few weeks either. So it's not like I'm cheating on anybody or anything like that. Right. It's, I've been quiet. I've just been quiet. And, and coming into myself and, and really I've been doing a lot of healing. I've been doing a lot of um, sort of inner work, a lot of inner child work, a lot of recognizing my my little inner child inside of me when things are, you know, going not so well, right? And so, um, and when I say going not so well, I mean like when I'm dysregulated in situations. And I have a few stories for you. I might tell you one today. Um, but... Um, but but the most of the thing is though that, that I wanted to talk about today is is this sense of you know of change, right? That that you know it's even you know Dan Siegel who I've told you I took a, a just you know finished a, a six month course with him a comprehensive course on interpersonal neurobiology. And it was comprehensive. I didn't even finish all the car coursework, honestly. I still have a couple of uh, uh, modules to go through. Uh, but it, I went to all the calls and you know talked to Dan myself a few times. It was just just what a wonderful experience. But anyway, one of the things that he said during the course of the course is that um, you know he, he questions the reality of what we call time and and and. You know, and this is something that's been very alive for me lately. I've re read a few books recently, the Tao of Physics I've read, and that goes into like what time means a lot. Um, you know, when you talk about quantum physics, right, time takes on a completely different um, meaning and a completely different representation of what it is, right? And so, and so Dan has this, and so, so in a lot of ways, you know, time you know, we could say it's not even real, right? It's it's just a construct. It's it's almost only a language, right? And what Dan Siegel talks about is that he says that time is not real, but what time describes and what is real is change, right? And that's what really what we're doing when we talk about time, right? We we measure the change, right? And we measure, you know, we we mark aspects of change that we translate into this linear idea of a direction, right? But the direction of change is very real, right? We don't go, nothing ever goes from being old to being young, except in that weird movie with Brad Pitt, right? I think it was with Brad Pitt, uh, Mr. Something, I don't remember. But, um, but, but no, like change happens, birth, life, death is the direction, always, Right, a seed is 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 you know uh, germinated. It sprouts. It 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 blooms, and then it decays. Right, that's the direction of change, and what we call that is time. Right, we say that you're you know you're born, and then a little later you become a child, a little later you become an adult, and a little later you become uh, elderly, and then you expire, and that's the timeline of your life. Right. But really, again, what that's describing is not so much a time thing as it is a direction of change, okay? And so that's how important change is, and that's what I wanted to talk about today. Before I do that, I want to just kind of explain one more thing about the time aspect, right? There, there's one of the uh, concepts that comes up a lot in um, when, when we talk about uh, quantum physics, right, which is kind of, you know, talking about the way space bends and, and all kinds of, like, you know, really intense stuff, Um 
Great book, by the way, uh, The Tao of Physics, T-A-O of Physics. It's got a big uh, Tai Chi yin-yang on the, on the cover. It's just a wonderful, wonderful book. Um, but... But but one of the things that I wanted to t- one of the things that he talks about in that book that comes up quite often with you know quantum physics is that you know the the concept that the map is not the territory, right? And so that's how I look at time, right? Like time is an understanding or, or again a language of measurement to describe the sun going through the sky, right? Which is not really going through the sky at all. We're just moving, and so we're just seeing the sun differently, right? But but the idea is that we're measuring that, and we're saying that that process in which we see the sun cross the sky in our subjective experience, because we don't perceive it as we're moving, we, we can't feel the movement of the earth, even though the earth is right now moving at like 67,000 miles an hour through space, right? But we don't feel that, right? Um, because of relativity, but that's, you know, anyway. <laughs> um, the Well, that's not the only reason we don't feel the motion of the earth, it's just very big and we're very small and all that kind of stuff, but but and that's not really what relativity is. But anyway, please uh, bear with me. <laughs> the idea, though, right, is that, you know, what we call this thing of time is really like the map, right? But when we experience time, we're not really experiencing tick-tock, 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 right? We're just experiencing change, Right? And now here's where it comes back to what we talk about here in the Showing Up to Life podcast and YouTube channel, is that that change, no matter what it is, right, whether it's the change of your, you know, physical, cellular, biological body that's that's constantly, you know, changing, but again, in that direction of you know, heading towards that that decaying, right? Just like anything else. Right, a car. Right, when you when a car comes off the showroom floor, it's brand new. That's the last second it's ever going to be brand new. Right, as soon as you turn the car on and push on the gas, it is no longer brand new, and it will never go back to that again. Right, and so so this 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 you know kind of flow of time. But again, here's where we bring it back to mindfulness. Right, is that what we're talking about is not necessarily time. Any more than we're talking about, you know, the the United States or, or, you know, Denver here, right, is 5280, uh, 5,280 feet above sea level, right? We're one mile above sea level, right? So, but that doesn't mean that, like, there's a yardstick, right? Like, the, the, the feeling of being a mile above sea level is what matters, right? And so, so as we try to measure time, Right. And, and this is where it's really important for us. Right. Because we think of this timeline of our lives. Right. And we think of certain things that are supposed to happen later on in our lives, certain things that happen earlier on in our lives. That's true. Right. Like, like, you know, I am not likely to use a walker <laughs> in the next couple of years. Hopefully I don't need it. Right. But in 30 years, I might. Right. So that's true. That, that things are different today than they will be 30 years from now, right? But here's the thing. Everything that changes, right? The, the, the physical changes that happen to my body that require the use of a walker, those changes happen in the present moment, right? Just like all changes happen in the present moment, 
And so this is where what we practice is we practice the understanding that that you know that we're not in this clock time existence we're in a present moment existence and we're just measuring with clock time the expansiveness of the present moment that really you know could potentially last our whole lifespan which again our lifespan is not a, a, a concept of time it's a concept of change right? It's a concept of, of, of how my cells, you know, eventually die off, right? And, and sometimes that happens very soon in life with disease or accidents, and sometimes it happens very late in life, right? So there's no time. You can't say that a lifetime is 80 years because sometimes it is, but oftentimes it's not, right? So the lifespan is the measurement of that change, okay? So I want to read you something here. <clears throat> I'm putting on my crooked-looking glasses. I, I swear, I talk about this all the time. My glasses are not this crooked as this, this camera makes them seem. Um, so I, I'm not going to go on Facebook. I'm going to actually go into my messages here because I sent this to somebody uh, this morning. Um, I'm just going to read this for you. This is uh, Jack Cornfield. Okay, this is something that came up in my Facebook feed this morning. You should follow Jack Cornfield. You should, if you're on Facebook, you should follow Jack Cornfield. You should follow Tara Brock. Not you should, but but you might enjoy following them. Uh, you'll enjoy following Young um, Youngi Mingyur Rinpoche. Um, just type in Y-O-N-G-E-Y, -E and hopefully you'll find it the rest. He's a Buddhist monk. You'll notice him uh, with his robes on. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll uh, you know, I'll, if I come up with any others, I'll, I'll send them to you. Uh, which, by the way, you know, I might as well mention that, that one of the things that I'm thinking about here in terms of this change that's happening is I'm thinking about, you know, creating a Facebook page for this group, right, so that we can all kind of you know, be part of a community. And, and maybe that's a way that I can share some other, you know, information and, and, and kind of, you know, we, we can sort of morph this into that a little bit. Not that this ends, but it changes, right? And not that there still won't be some entity of this, but maybe with that, it's a balance. So anyway, I'll send a link for that. So here's what I wanted to read to you. Um, <clears throat> if we want things that are always changing to stay the same and get attached to them, we get disappointed, we suffer. If we get attached to something staying the way it is, it does not stop changing. Trying to hold on to how it was will only create suffering and disappointment because life is a river and everything changes. So when we start to see the laws of nature, that things are impermanent, that attachment causes pain, we can also sense that there must be some other way. And there is. It is the way that, be, that can be called the wisdom of insecurity. This is the ability to flow with the changes, to see everything as a process of change, to relax with uncertainty. Meditation teaches us how to let go, how to stay centered in the midst of change. Once we see that everything is impermanent and ungraspable, and that we create a huge amount of suffering if we are attached to things staying the same, 
we realize that relaxing and letting go is a wiser way to live. We realize that gain and loss, praise and blame, pain and pleasure are part of the dance of life. Letting go does not mean not caring about things. It means caring for them in a flexible and wise way. And so that was... um, uh, that, that was the text. And then um, above that, this is really beautiful. We can live wisely only when we accept the reality of change. I don't know if you're going to be able to see that. Yeah, there it is. Jack Cornfield. Isn't that nice? Anyway, for all of you uh, who are just listening to this, I apologize. I was just showing you the photo. Really well typeset. Just a beautiful little thing that Jack had on his Facebook feed. Um but that's what we're doing here, folks, right? We're, we're becoming more comfortable with change, right? And that's what we do when we meditate, right? Which again, meditation is the way in which we directly experience the, the, what, what I can call sometimes the plane of possibility, what can also be called you know, the present moment, what could be called, um, uh, you know, the, the essence of loving awareness, right? Like it could be called a lot of different things, right? But what we're doing when we're, when we're practicing meditation, what we're doing really is we're becoming, like Jack says, we're becoming still among the change. Actually, Jack didn't say it. Somebody else said that to, to me the other day in Facebook world, I think, that, that, you know, that what we're doing here is we're learning to be still in a world that's constantly changing, right? And that's the sort of, you know, non-dualistic way to look at it, right? That, that if you can be still among the change, well, then it becomes the way that I've, I've been um, sort of envisioning it lately is like a cork in a stream, right? It's just buoyed by the flow of what's going on, right? Of just this, this flow of change, right? It's just, just flowing, right? Sometimes the river might get, you know, rougher and more turbulent and the, the, the cork might bounce around with it. Or other times the, the, the you know, might reach like an eddy, you know, where it's just a gentle rhythm of current. And there might be some areas where there's literally still water and you don't move at all. What's the cork doing? The cork's doing the same thing in all of those ex- ex- experiences. It's just flowing with the river. And as Jack says, the river represents life, Right. And and it's really interesting when you look at it that way. In in the book Siddhartha, there's some beautiful talk about what you know. He talks about the river. Um, you know, he says that that at once, you know, the the river could be laughing, or it could be yelling, or it could be you know angry, or it could be peaceful, right? But it's always the river, right? And so and so and then they say that in in the Hindu and and Buddhist uh, sense, they say you know Siddhartha asks the person telling him about the river. He says he says well. Do you know the sound that the river makes in all of those aspects? And he says, yes, om, right? That's the idea that that's the, the sound of the universe, if you will, right? Of everything that happens in the universe is all connected to that om, right? Now, anyway, well, let's not get into that. That's, that's a different topic altogether. <laughs> um, but, but the idea of a river, right, is that, you know, the river at its, at its mouth, Right or at at its source and where it where it flows into the sea, 
right? It's at once one entity, right? It's a whole river, right? But there's no point at which you can grab a piece of it, right? If you take a drop of water out of the river, it's no longer the river, right? But yet we know that the river is made up of all of these different drops of water, right? Like the, the river is not a solid thing, right? It's composed of, of molecules of hydrogen and oxygen, right? Which is water, right? And so, so the idea then is that, you know, we can look at our lives that way as a river, right? And, and in that sense, like you cannot take any part of your life, any experience of your life and take it out of that river because then it's no longer your life. It's no longer part of the experience. And what that means is that everything that you have experienced in your life and everything that you are yet to experience in your life are all part of the same present moment experience, right? It's all part of the same experience, which is an experience of the present moment unfolding and emerging moment by moment. Isn't that beautiful? Anyway, I hope you enjoy that. And and so I don't even remember where I was going to go with that. But anyway, um, you know, the idea then, though, is that, you know, impermanence, Right. And, and, and one of the, um, I was just talking to one of my, you know, students, clients, you know, friends, um, this morning in our meeting and, and, you know, we were talking about impermanence a lot. And one of the things that I suggested to him is that, you know, walk around with impermanence, right? Like, like imagine that impermanence is next to you all day long and just, you know, oh, there you are again, your impermanence. And, and remind yourself constantly as you're, you know, attending to this, this visitor in your office today, this, this visitor that's walking around with you all day, going to get your lunch with you, going to coffee with you, you know, driving home, getting stuck in traffic with you, right? It's impermanence, right? And if we look at it and we, we remind ourselves that, yeah, nothing is permanent right? The traffic jam is impermanent. Neither is Christmas morning or whatever other joyous holiday you might celebrate. I don't mean to be exclusive or exclusionary. So, right? So, but that's the idea, right? The, the, the most amazing time in our life is impermanent. It's not going to last forever. We know that. Nor are the worst times in our lives. Right? I can tell you, I've gone through some really, really rough moments in these last few weeks as I'm digging into my trauma and I'm, I'm confronting things. And I'm, I mean, I actually sent a text to my father the other day that, that basically told him, like, look, I, I can't have you in my life right now. And it was so hard to send that text. And it wasn't mean. It wasn't angry. It wasn't resentful. I, I love him for what it's worth. I mean, I guess, whatever. But it's not about like anger and, and like expelling him from my life. It's about protecting myself, right? Because I'm realizing that, again, like the river, you know, the, the things that happened to me when I was five years old are still here with me, right? They didn't go anywhere. That experience that I had, the experience is no longer there because change has happened. My body has grown. My circumstances have changed. My abilities have changed. 
but there's still that experience, the memory, the the imprint of that experience still lives in me. And and you know, for me, the reality is that 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 those imprints were very strong because they were traumatic and they were they included a lot of heavy emotions, right? So my body has remembered that because it doesn't want to experience it again. It wants to stay safe. And so so when I, you know, <laughs> like I, you know, <laughs> I'll tell you, the last couple of weeks, I've I've seen a couple of times where I've really been able to connect my trauma back to, um, you know, back to this this understanding of what's happening in my real, you know, real time uh, experience. And I'll just tell you this story real quick because maybe it'll help somebody out there. Um, so so one of the things that my my parents used to do to me when I was a child, not do to me, but one of the things that was part of my experience with my parents was that, you know, even at a, like six years old, like they were sending me out to the the store, right? With like a list of stuff. And I mean, maybe six years old. I mean, definitely for a couple of things when I was six years old, but by the time I was like 10 or 11, I had like a full shopping list, you know? And, and also like going to places like the bakery, right? And go get a loaf of rye bread and tell them to slice it. Okay. But they don't tell me that there's like four different types of slicing and widths and all kinds of stuff. And I got this, you know, cranky, very busy, you know, old baker, you know, barking at me from behind the counter saying, well, what do you want? How do you, do you want the seeds in it or not? You know, and these were things I had no idea how to answer, right? And, and so because that was happening to me when I was six, seven, eight, nine years old, right? <laughs> Those experiences, right? They, they didn't go away, right? Now, again, here I am, 52 years old, right? I have successfully run and owned a business for eight years, a, a, a restaurant business with no experience whatsoever. I had to deal with state regulatory agencies, the, the sales tax people, the, the, you know, dealing with my accountant, dealing with QuickBooks, dealing with all of this stuff that was constantly surprising me because I had never done it before. So it's not that I'm not able to, I, I'm capable of doing a great many very stressful, very hard things to do. And I've done them and I can do them again. <laughs> but the other day, I was at Chipotle with my kids and not with my kids. They waited in the car. They insist. And I get in there and I have the, you know, the the order that my daughter wants. But like they can't make what she's asking for because they, they have a new machine to make quesadillas and they can't put the salsa in the quesadilla anymore or something like that. And in that moment, there's a 22-year-old girl telling me about this, right? And in that moment, I... I mean, I, didn't, I wouldn't say I lost it, but I, I became very dysregulated. I became very, like, completely triggered. Again, I mean, I'm old enough to be this girl's father, well old enough, probably maybe her grandfather. <laughs> and, and, and I, you know, there's nothing threatening. There's nothing I can't handle about this. It's ordering a, a gosh darn quesadilla. But in that moment when it became like, oh, no, I don't know what to do. I got to go outside and ask my daughter, this big line of people, what I became dysregulated, right? It's not the 52-year-old me that got dysregulated. It was the seven-year-old me who remembered that encoded memory of this baker barking at me. And I became that seven-year-old again, right? And so as we practice this work, right? As we practice being 
in the com- or, or being comfortable with the aspect of change and we and we allow ourselves to dwell in the present moment in the stillness and the softness of the present moment as life is changing around us in a very chaotic and, and unpredictable way that's when we can start to see connections like this right it's not that i was just being a jerk at chipotle and was being mean to this young girl, although that's the way somebody might have perceived it, right? And I can always go back and apologize, and, you know, I've been in there since, I treated them much better and something, and I was more careful and all that, right? Yes, we can always do that kind of stuff, and we should, right, socially and, and, you know, in terms of compassion and forgiveness and all that, right? But the, the, the important thing is to recognize, where did that come from? And I can only recognize where that comes from when I accept the fact that everything is changing, right? Because I was in a good mood before I went into the restaurant, right? So why did I lose my good mood? WTF, dude, right? Because the mood wasn't permanent. And now you've been triggered with something. And now you're experiencing a new mood in the present moment. And it's okay, Right now, of course, now there are skills that we can employ. Right, I can practice to, you know, just be, you know, not say things. And and in fact, you know, I changed the process. I told my kids, I was like, okay, look, I need two alternatives because they're saying they can't make the quesadillas that way. So tell me the way you want it, and then if they can't make that exact thing, I need an alternate to just say this is it. Otherwise, y'all got to come into the store with me and order them yourselves, and I'll just stand there with the credit card. It's your choice right? There's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with that. And what I'm doing is I'm honoring the fact that things are going to change. I have no idea what's going to happen in this next moment. When I walk in that door of that restaurant, I have no idea what is going to happen. And being comfortable with that and letting go of the expectation that it's going to be a certain way that frees me and allows me to start to see some of these connections. And that allows me to live, as Jack Cornfield talks, in a wise way. Right? Not smart, not well-informed, not on the ball, but with wisdom. With the wisdom of understanding that, yeah, sometimes, <laughs> you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And it's okay. And I can, I can manage it as long as I stay in this place of acceptance. Acceptance of the change. Anyway. So obviously I'm out of practice with my... Um, I'm out of practice here with my uh, um, uh, delivery here. It's been a, a couple of weeks. So I know I did a little rambling today. Um We'll see. I'm going to definitely come in with a couple of episodes before, um, you know, the big holiday next week, um, you know, and I'll try to give you a couple of practices and stuff like that. Uh, but in the meantime, as I alluded to before, I'm going to put in the description of today's video, the links for my uh, TikTok, for my LinkedIn, for my Facebook and that kind of stuff so that you can start to see my um, my content that I do. I do little three minute videos 
So you can get those, maybe start to get used to watching those on a more regular basis. And then this will be just more of a special occasion kind of thing. But we don't know what's going to happen yet, right? It's in a constant, it's in a state of change right now. So I don't know what it's going to look like even in five minutes from now. So, so for now, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I wish you well. And I'll be back again at some point in the future, in the present moment. <laughs>